You're with Dr. Darlie Elise, bringing you uncommon insights and practices on wellness, relationships, and spirituality in seven-minute nuggets or less. Today, we're deconstructing the Christian breakup testimony. Whether at a church service, spiritual retreat, prayer meeting, or small group, no doubt you've heard or yourself shared a testimony in the aftermath of a romantic relationship come to an end. Breakups are hard, period. In the haze that is the post-breakup phase, your mind scrambles not only to accept your new reality, but to ascribe a meaningful purpose for your pain. The human experience is embedded in story. We make sense of the world around us and what happens to us by piecing together what we understand into a narrative. A testimony is the public sharing of a story around a given circumstance. Breakup testimonies can feel like applying balm to our wounded hearts as we openly mourn the history we had and the future we thought we'd have with this person and come to terms with being single again. In my opinion, breakup testimonies, though certainly not all of them, but the many I have heard, follow a fairly predictable pattern. While no two relationships are identical, the takeaway lesson often seems to be the same. And for this reason, I can't help but think we may be overlooking significant issues that we will inevitably take into our next relationship. The Christian breakup testimony starts off like all other stories about relationships gone sour, but has a distinct ending. It begins with how things were so great and amazing. What follows is the part about grown distant, a particular obstacle that caused tension, betrayal, or some other insurmountable problem. There may or may not be a period of trying to make it work. Then, the breakup Whether we've been dumped or we're the one who ended it, it's not pleasant nor easy. Now comes the why of the breakup. The take-home message for how all this hurt was a lesson in disguise. Though the gist is the same, it's stated a number of ways and sounds something like, my focus at that time was not primarily on God, but it was on my then-girlfriend. Or... I realized the breakup was necessary because the relationship was distracting me from God. I would think about my boyfriend the moment I woke up. Lastly, the breakup testimony wraps up with a phrase or two about how, now free from the diversion of a relationship, they spend more time in devotionals, reading the Bible, in prayer, and feel they are finally putting God first. You may be thinking, but aren't those legitimate lessons to have learned? And isn't spending increased time with God free of distractions a good thing? My answer is, it depends. Some end their testimony saying the love of Jesus is so much better than any man's or woman's. This is a fairly popular sentiment in Christendom. You may be interested in checking out an episode I did called, Jesus Loves You, Just Not Like That. I want to share three observations with regard to the anatomy of this type of Christian breakup testimony. First, the ex is usually portrayed as a person who ate into one's time with God, which paints the ex, rather than one's own lack of spiritual discipline, as being at fault for a flat relationship with God. Yup, I said it. It sounds harsh, but the truth is, if we're missing spiritual discipline or rhythm, 
this issue will surface no matter who we date. Second, I think we may be using the wrong metric. Most mothers will tell you the first thing they think about in the morning has something to do with their children. CEOs taking their company public may tell you their first thought is related to their stock. For a soldier at war, it may be his family back home. The first thought of the day for a sprinter in an Olympic competition might be the next race. And for a student in the middle of finals, they wake up with that day's exam on the brain. That's normal. But in a Christian break of testimony saying, I would think about him the moment I woke up, is offered as evidence that the ex was a stumbling block. Because the first thought of the day for a good Christian must be Jesus. If it's your boyfriend or girlfriend, then hmm, you need to up your spiritual game. I believe if you always think of your relationship with God from this position of guilt, you'll find it difficult to simply enjoy his presence because you'll perceive everything else in your life as distractions from him or in competition for his place. I did an episode entitled, Why Putting God First Isn't What You Think It Means, which delves into some of that. I wonder if a better metric is not so much scrutinizing our first thoughts in the morning, but intentionally choosing who to first talk to in the morning. Whatever comes to our mind, bringing them to Jesus in prayer helps shape our responses to the concerns on our hearts and the events of the day. Maybe your boyfriend is your first thought in the morning because you really like him, and that's fantastic. Or maybe it's because there are unresolved issues in your relationship. Which brings me to the third observation. Perhaps the problem with the relationship wasn't the absence of religious fervor, but the presence of a defect of character in one or both parties. Ouch, I know. Even so, unless that issue is correctly identified and addressed, which may necessitate therapy or coaching, we run the risk of dating another such individual, or if we're the one with the problematic character trait, and it goes untreated, will continue to hurt others in our relationships down the road. Neither scenario is ideal. However comforting for the moment, misdiagnosing the cause of a breakup means we won't experience true closure. In addition to this, we expose ourselves to the highly probable occurrence of making the same relationship mistakes over and over. And who wants that? Thanks for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, share it with a friend. I'll see you next time.